It's your boy Old Breezy, and I'm back. And um, I forgot to mention this, but um, that Kelly Oubre trade for the Warriors is huge. Um, because we know Klay Thompson is gonna be done for this year with the um with the AC with the uh yeah with the um Achilles the the torn Achilles. It's unfortunate that you know he's gonna be out. For this year too, with the torn Achilles, I just wish Clay a speedy recovery, and hopefully, you know, he'd be ready to go by next year. And um, the Warriors had to do something to compete now, and I think the Kelly Oubre Jr. trade is pivotal. I feel like now they have made some noise, and that can be the best trade of this process. I still think Chris Paul to the Phoenix Suns is a great trade. I think him and um, Devin Booker and um, Deontay Deontay Ayton, I think that's his name, is going to be a great uh, big three on the come up in this rising because um, we know what Devin Booker could do. We know that Ayton will probably be uh, all-star within the next next two or three seasons. Um, We know Chris Paul is a perennial all-star. And Devin Booker never played with a uh, a point guard like Chris Paul. Chris Paul is elite. Chris Paul is next level. Chris Paul is going to get the best out of Devin Booker. Devin Booker is going to, like I said, is going to score a lot of points. It's going to be easy for Devin Booker with Chris Paul. Yeah, because you have to account for Chris Paul because Chris Paul can put the ball in the basket too. And um, you got to respect what Chris Paul can do. So defense is not just going to be able to key in on Devin Booker like they did in the past. They're going to have to... Um, you know, show Chris Paul some respect too, and you know that pick and roll is gonna be popping with uh Aiden and Chris Paul, and he's gonna get a lot of easy buckets as a big man playing with Chris Paul too. So these young guys are gonna benefit from this Chris Paul experience. I think that's the second best trade behind what the Warriors just did. Um, th- uh, third best trade would definitely be uh Drew Holiday to Milwaukee. I think that was a good move. Because Eric Bledsoe, he's a solid point guard. You know, you you know what you're gonna get from Bledsoe. But let's just be honest, he's not Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday is um a great point guard. You know, I think he gets uh little recognition for what he does and what he brings to the table. I mean, on uh, he's a two way player, both ends of the court. Drew Bledsoe, I mean not Drew Bledsoe, uh Drew Holiday gets it done, both ends of the court. And um, he's a little more productive than um, Eric Bledsoe as far as scoring. He's not one of those guys that's just going to peel back and watch. You know, he's going to make something happen. And I think Giannis need a guy like that who's going to play both ends of the floor and especially play just as hard on defense as uh, Giannis plays on defense. So I think that's a good trade for Milwaukee. They try to get, uh, I think, Brodin, not if it's not Brodin, Bradanovich. From um, I believe Sacramento. I think he played for Sacramento. I think that's for. I think that fell through. Um, like I said, I can only see James Harden at this point getting traded to Philly. I think Philly has the assets to make it happen. Um, for cause if you you know, if you are willing to give up Embiid or Simmons, that's better than anything that Brooklyn can offer. Brooklyn can only offer uh, Carolus Levert and um, Spencer Dillwitty in a trade for 
for James Harden. And I don't know if that's enough for a guy like the caliber of James Harden. You know, if you give up a Ben Simmons or a Joel Embiid, that's a better deal. But if you're trying to build something in Philly, you don't give up your two your two uh, cornerstone players, which is Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Maybe you give up a guy like uh, Tobias Harris because we know they already traded Josh Richardson. They already parted ways with Al Horford. So the next best thing is a package with uh, Tobias Harris and maybe giving up a couple of first-round draft picks for James Harden to come to Philly. Um, Brooklyn would have to give up a lot. I don't think Brooklyn had the assets unless you're going to uh, give up Kyrie Irving in the trade to Houston. And I don't see that happening because Kyrie and KD came there as a, uh, as a duel. So you want to see how that works out with those two. You know what the Kyrie experience is for one season in Brooklyn. But now that this year, you will see the Kyrie and KD experience together. You also have Steve Nash there. And, um, you know, I'm always got my eyes on that coaching staff too. So we're going to see what Steve Nash can do for those boys. I think it's going to be phenomenal in Brooklyn this year. I think the Brooklyn Nets will make a lot of noise depending on how well KD and Kyrie blend together on the court, which I think they're going to blend fine. Um, it's just, it's just, it's just uh, crazy, you know. So, we'll see what happens. But I think the Warriors just stole the best trade in the um, NBA so far by getting Kelly Oubre Jr. He fills a void that you're going to be missing with Klay Thompson. He's a guy that's explosive. He can shoot. Um, he can create for himself. That takes a lot of pressure off of Steph Curry. Um, we know what Andrew Wiggins can do. I'm not big on Andrew Wiggins, but this takes a lot of pressure also off of Andrew Wiggins. And this also takes pressure off of Draymond Green because we know Draymond Green is not really a scoring option. He does a little bit of everything. He's like a poor man, Dennis Rodman, as my father would have said so himself. And that's just how I feel about Draymond Green. And, um, yeah, so far... Best trading draft goes to the Golden State Warriors and again Kelly Oubre with Steph Curry. Um that's about it as far as I can see. Um so one is okay uh one is the Warriors, two is the Phoenix Suns, they they made a splash, and I would say three is Milwaukee and we'll see what else happens down the pipe as this free agency period gets popping. We'll see where uh, Victor Oladipo ends up. We'll see if he stays put. Um, also, heard talks about Aaron Gordon maybe being moved by Orlando. Um, we still don't know the verdict on Russ. Is Russell Westbrook still on the move or is he not on the move? And, um, yeah, it's all breezy, you know. Peace and love. Signing out. It's all breezy in the back with another video for the podcast. I've been away for a minute, but I'm back. So, Errol Spence Jr. versus Danny Garcia happened on Saturday night. And um, it was a was a pretty good fight. You know, nobody knew what Errol would look like since the car accident, but Errol looked really good. Had some ring rust, but, you know, other than that, he controlled the fight. He used his jab beautifully. Um, 
he was very aggressive with Danny Garcia. Danny Garcia didn't really know what to do with Errol Spence Jr. too too much as far as with the aggression. Danny Garcia like he was waiting to counter punch a lot in that fight and never really used his jab or got his jab pumping. He didn't use that lethal left hook that he had that he has in his arsenal, which was surprising. And we all know Danny Garcia is a great fighter. Have a lot of tools in his bag. Danny Garcia can punch. Danny Garcia has a great chin. My only problem with Danny Garcia is he showed, uh, Mr. Point, he showed good head movement for a latter parts of the fight. But other than that, Danny Garcia is slew-footed. And that's my biggest problem with Danny Garcia. I think if Danny Garcia learns to bounce on his toes a little bit more, be aggressive, and not counter-punch. I think Danny Garcia kind of lost his hunger a little bit. I think Danny, once Danny gets that hunger back, Danny Garcia is a dangerous fighter when he's hungry. We know what Danny is capable of doing. Uh, like I said, lethal, lethal left hook. Um, strong, powerful guy. Heavy-handed. And has a solid chin. He can definitely take a punch. I don't know if his issues with the corner. Was it a game plan problem? But Danny has to find his way back to that Danny Garcia that was hungry. You know, he only has three losses on his resume. He has a pretty solid resume at the welterweight division. Two-time champion. So Danny is a winner. You know, it's just that, you know, I don't know what it's going to take for Danny Garcia to win big fights. You know, he... Always get edged out in big fights, but Errol Spence beat him convincingly. No other welterweight has beaten Danny Garcia that convincingly the way Errol Spence Jr. beat Danny Garcia Saturday night convincingly. And I think it may be time to add uh, someone to that corner that's going to help bring that hunger back. And, you know... I really just don't know. I think he needs to change. He needs to add somebody in that corner with his pops. And let that person, you know, add some more wrinkles to his game. We know Danny Garcia is no chump. He's no cherry pick. He's no pushover. Danny Garcia is a very quality opponent. And kudos to Errol Spence Jr. for fighting Danny Garcia after that car crash. Um, He could have easily took a tune-up. He could easily, you know somebody with with that would give him very little resistance and um he chose to get in there with Danny Garcia, a guy who who's a dog, who's a beast in his own right. You know. So Arrow looked good. I'm glad Arrow is back. Um just wanna see where Arrow spins go from here. Been hearing Manny Pacquiao. Um, maybe you're running back with Sean Porter. I'm not sure which route it goes. I think Terrence Crawford should fight Sean Porter, beat Porter, um, let Arrow take care of business with either um, Manny Pacquiao. I think that's who Arrow will get before um, a Terrence Bud Crawford. I think that's what I've been hearing that, you know, Manny wants that fight. So we'll see what happens. And if Arrow gets the Manny fight, 
I think Bud has to defend that title against Sean Porter, beat Sean Porter, and um, of course Arrow would be the A side. Arrow is the A side. I mean, he did. He has the names on his resume at the welterweight division that Crawford doesn't have. We're not gonna get into the logistics of why Crawford doesn't have those guys on his resume. No, I think Crawford is a hell of a fighter. I think Spence is a pretty good fighter. Um, definitely, those two guys are the best guys at the welterweight division. I think Bud will solidify himself as as that number one or number two guy. Wherever you got Terrence Bud Crawford at, after he beats Sean Porter, if he doesn't get the Randy Pacquiao fight, which looks like he's not going to get the Pacquiao fight, I think Spence will get it. Spence will have all three of the belts, and then Spence ultimately would have to see Bud to get that WBO belt. There's no way around that. It's just that Spence is the A-side. He will get the bigger piece of the pie. And if I'm telling Bud Crawford, I'll take the 60-40 split. Go in there and show what I can do and beat him. And if um, there's a rematch clause, run it back, possibly beat him again. You know, so we'll see what happens. But, you know, all all roads would have to lead to Terrence Bud Crawford versus Arrow, the truth, Spence Jr. It's the inevitable. It may not happen when we want it to happen, but... They're on the crash course collision to fighting one another. And it could be some possibly, it could also possibly be that they are trying to age Bud out. That's a strong possibility. Um, I would never put that out of the question because, you know, you want to fight Bud where he's losing, you know, some of that natural gifted athleticism and stuff that Bud brings to the table. So you want him to lose some of that steam before you fight him, you know, because what, Bud is 35, Arrow is 30. So, you know, Arrow will still be the younger guy, strong guy, and still in his prime where Terrence Bud could possibly be out of his prime and maybe not the same fighter that he is right now. So we'll see. But um, I'm all I'm all for the crash course of um, Arrow Spencer Jr., the truth versus in Terrence Bud Crawford. And um, I don't know when we're going to get it, but whenever we get it, I'm game. Peace and love. So, the football playoffs, the divisional round was fantastic. I think there's a divisional round, right? I don't want to lie. But whatever round it is, it was fantastic football weekend. We've seen some good teams get knocked out. We've seen some teams that we thought were going to be there for the long haul get bounced. Um, Unfortunately, the Pittsburgh Steelers were that team to get booted. They they practically lost damn near every game towards the end of the regular season after starting the first round. But that's another story for another day. Let's talk about how the Buffalo Bills beat the Baltimore Ravens. They beat up the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, that Buffalo defense is is furious. And um I gotta tip my hat to the Buffalo Bills. They 
so far they they won, you know, they they games, you know, they beat somebody else last week before. Um I forgot who it was that they played, but they beat them. And then they came in and took care of business and beat the Baltimore Ravens, arguably one of the one of the best teams in the AFC. You know, the AFC is loaded with good teams and Buffalo took care of them. They actually knocked Lamar Jackson out of the game with with um a concussion. Which I would love to see how that game would have finished if Lamar Jackson didn't get concussed. I think it would have been probably down for an exciting finish. Who knows? Baltimore might have completed the comeback. But that Buffalo defense, when I tell you, they got to Lamar Jackson. They got to Lamar Jackson early and often. Lamar Jackson wasn't that dude throughout quarterback that he normally is. He turned the ball over in the red zone. And it's just like, it was just downhill from that after that play. But that Buffalo team, I got to commend them guys. Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs is balling like no tomorrow. And they're looking like the real deal. And they're looking like, you know, they're going to give KC some problems if Pat Mahomes is not healthy. And if Pat Mahomes is not, if Pat Mahomes is not healthy. And if Pat Mahomes is wobbled by any type of injury. That defense is gonna gonna put a lot of pressure on them, and I'm um, just hoping that Pat Mahomes is okay to play Sun uh, Saturday or Sunday, whatever day they play. You know, cause you always want your best players to be available for these type of games because that determines the outcome of the game and what can happen. You know, great comebacks or whatever. You want to lose with your best players if you're gonna lose. That's just my cue, my point of view, and um. Hopefully he plays because it, it will be real interesting to see how Pat Mahomes deal with that pass rush. You know, the, the linebackers, you know, great defensive backs that Buffalo have. And then offensively, you know, what they can do offensively and how their defense will stack up against Buffalo's offense. You know, I know Tyron Matthews is um a hell of a corner or safety, however you want to put him, wherever you want to put him out on the field. You know, Tyron Matthews is a baller on that end of the, on that end of the field. Um, got a couple of other guys who are solid on that defense, but just got to see, you know, how what they do with Stephon Diggs and how they're gonna control and navigate, and how much pressure they're gonna get on Josh Allen. That's gonna be an important part of how much pressure you get on Josh Allen to disrupt his rhythm. Because right now, I think he's coming in really hot. He's he's in um in the rhythm, and he's hitting his guys in stride. And they playing with a ton of confidence, you know. They feel like they belong. And let's not talk about, you know, the the shootout that they that KC was in uh, with the Cleveland Browns, who also weren't supposed to be there either, you know. So especially without, you know, in my opinion, without. Odell Beckham Jr., who's probably their best wide receiver. I know Jarvis Landry is no slouch. He can ball. And um, they got great running backs and, you know, stuff like that. Their defense is solid, too. But, you know, it's just amazing how how they almost beat KC. We could have been looking at a Cleveland Browns versus Buffalo Bills for um a division title. For the division title, I believe that's what it is. They playing for, so you know, 
And um, as far as the NFC, I'm disappointed. I'm surprised that um, I had my I had my my whole hopes riding on that Seahawks team, and that Seahawks team got bounced by the Rams, and it was just like wow, the Rams beat them, and I thought Russell Wilson was gonna make a deep run into the playoffs this year, but unfortunately that didn't come into fruition. But anyway, it's like. We're going to have a Brady versus Rodgers showdown, which should be fantastic. I think it's good for football to see arguably the greatest quarterback of all time and Tom Brady. And I think Aaron Rodgers is the greatest gunslinger of all time for the Green Bay Packers. And sure, it took Aaron Rodgers some years to get back to this to this uh, point and then in the playoffs and stuff like that. So we see what he'll do with it. He's playing at Lambeau Field, so he has all of the advantages that he said that he wanted to have. He has it now, and we see what he do with it against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. We know Tom Brady season with the Buccaneers has had a lot of ups and downs, twists and turns, but that's all right. Tom Brady is still one of the one of the goats uh, at the quarterback position, if not the greatest. You know, not really. You know. Big on Tom Brady. Think he's great at what he does, but you know, when you're from New York, you know you don't really rock with Boston teams like that. But that's another story, you know. So, but we'll see how that goes. I think it's the Packers. Yeah, I think the Packers is is hot at the right time. I think they're peaking at the right time, as well as the Bills. I would not be surprised if we would have the Green Bay Packers versus the Buffalo Bills, especially if if Pat Mahomes is not healthy, then we should see that. But if Pat Mahomes is healthy, I think we will have a shootout where my alternative pick would be the Kansas City Chiefs and the Green Bay Packers. It would be a shootout with, between Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes. And I think that would be more of a fantastic Super Bowl. Um, who knows? But either way, it's going to be great if it's Buffalo. If Buffalo ends up there, it could be great. You know, I think it would be good for New York City because actually Buffalo is a real New York team. Um, The real New York team, sorry. The Jets is not the real New York team. And the Giants is the Jersey Boys, as I call them. You know, but we shall see. We should definitely see. I know they got that rabbit fan base behind them, you know, cheering them cheering them on and, you know, hoping and wishing and praying. And they deserve it, you know. They deserve it. So if Buffalo does happen to make the Super Bowl, they can possibly win. But I don't, Aaron Rodgers is a bad man if they going up against him. And Tom Brady is also a, <laughs> a bad man. He's the GOAT, you know. So... If they end up facing either one of those teams, I think they're gonna have an uphill challenge. But um, whoever can outscore the opposing team shall win, and there will be a firefight. I don't think it's gonna be too much um defense, even though I think Buffalo's defense is probably the best defense in the postseason right now. So I might be wrong, but I think they. They're the best defense in the postseason right now. I mean, my God, if you can get to Lamar Jackson the way they got to Lamar Jackson, 
and possibly how they're going to get to Patrick Mahomes or Patrick Mahomes' backup. And if it's the backup, forget about it. It's curtains. But anyway, you tell me what you think. As always, you know, it's all breezy. And I'm trying to be back and more consistent with the sports thing. Peace and love.